Hey everybody, it's Ray Hughes, lead pastor at Foundry Church. And thanks for tuning in again as we offer this new element to our podcast, diving deeper into the topics we cover on the weekends. So remember, if you could just do a couple things, click follow or subscribe so that you get the new content when it drops each week. And secondly, share the content with others that you think might find it helpful. Uh, Last week, if you were with us, Pastor Andy kicked off a conversation, a two-part conversation with several special guests to talk about the dynamics and experiences facing female leaders in the church. If you missed last week, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that first, but I'm excited to conclude this conversation as Andy chats with Meredith and Casey and Kelly. I hope you'll find it helpful, and thanks again for joining us. So I know that there's obviously been challenges probably for each of you in this, and you you shared some of them already, but are there other along the way? What are some of the roadblocks, challenges, difficulties that you encountered? Um, You know, how did you and how did you respond? Like, what was the... How, how do you respond to these folks when when they say these things? And um, yeah, you know, I I hit a few. This is Casey again. I hit a few um, at different times. So when I was the Wesley Foundation director, the Baptist student minister really had a hard time with a female being the director of the Wesley Foundation. And um, you know, it was kind of the same thing that I did with my dad. I just put my head down and did what God called me to do there. And I saw growth and flourishing and some people from his ministry started coming to my ministry. Um, but I just pushed forward. And I think in my mindset, once again, it was his issue, not, not mine. And I was just going to live into where God had placed me. Now, I will say that was one that I didn't bother me. Um, one that happened when Andy and I uh, went to a church, a, a large, large church, Methodist church and. um and we both took jobs full-time in the youth ministry, same jobs pretty much, just it was a huge youth ministry. And um, I remember in the interviewing process and them hiring us, um, they were offering Andy probably, I don't know, probably five, $7,000 more a year than they were gonna offer me. And I had an extra master's degree and I was ordained in the ordination process um, as a deacon. And I was like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. And they rationalized and I was like, no, that's not okay. Um, and in the end, they, they came back to us and they said, okay, we just added your two salaries together and divided it in half. So y'all are paid the same now. Um, and so that, you know, those were the interesting times when I'm like, uh, that that's really kind of hard. And even, um, and I faced even not within just the women's minute, like I got ordained as a deacon and in the process I was newer and it was something nobody understood fully. And so more than even being a woman in ministry, it was being this deacon that, that made my life a pain to the point that I finally um, just gave up those credentials because I didn't, in my perspective, need them. As Meredith said, she felt like she was called to preach. I felt like I was called to everything but preaching. Um, I don't mind preaching. I like to teach. I like to preach, but it's not. I never felt like I was called to the pulpit on a regular basis like a senior pastor. I could easily be an associate pastor, but I always thought of me as a parachurch kind of person. So as the Wesley Foundation director, as a youth minister, as now like a program and discipleship person who easily you could probably call that associate pastor position, but or a pastoral counselor for years, um, but never felt like I needed to be in the pulpit. So I didn't have to have my ordination. So I just kind of left that 
the stress of it wasn't worth it for me in that moment. Um, but as a so as a female, it was a both and, I think. I think some of if I maybe I had been a male deacon in the process, it would have been treated differently. I have no idea. But at the time, and even now, I, I don't regret any of those roads that I've taken. Um, but I would say those are the times, the struggles and the challenges that have come is just um, through actually the leadership of the church that should have, these are other pastors, other people in leadership on staff that should have um, been more supportive and respectful and understanding of all that, but they weren't. Um, but that doesn't stop me because once again, my calling was not, did not need to be affirmed by all those other people. It was affirmed by God. And so I just pushed forward. And that's what I encourage any female in ministry is called. Yeah. And, and I'll say this too, because I walked through that with you, <laughs> both of those instances, the Baptist church, uh, the, the student, the campus pastor for the Baptist ministry. I just remember then you saying, I don't care. He, he can come and attack me or say whatever, but I've got students coming and, and it's growing and it's great and it's fun. And I just don't care. He, and I remember like this guy wouldn't even talk to you. Y'all would have meetings of campus pastors, the, um, for college ministers. And like, he wouldn't talk to you or even acknowledge you were in the room at that point. It was just really weird. And so it's fascinating to be dating at that point, engaged at that point, probably. And then when we were married, kind of going through that together, because I was there with you, they were hiring us for the same exact jobs with a guy and a girl pastor for youth ministry. And even I'm feeling like this isn't fair. Like she's as gifted, called, equipped and, and um, talented and y'all are coming after us and to offer me more and her less is just not right. And so, um, so I just remember even thinking that myself when we were going through that for sure. So uh, Meredith, Kelly. So, um, I mean, the, the pushback for me has actually been more subtle. Like there's the, like the people who make comments and there are some funny comments. Like the funniest one I ever got was, um, I was in academic just for three years, an associate, and I was going to do a funeral at a funeral home out in a, one of the small towns near Nacogdoches. And, uh, I pulled up and the parking attendant was like family or friend. And I said, clergy. And he stares at me. And so I said, I was like, clergy. I said it louder. Cause I thought he hadn't heard me. And he goes, I heard you, sweetheart. I just didn't believe you. I was also 24. So like, there's lots of, yeah. Like, <laughs> like when I got my first senior pastor, they didn't know it. Like the female part was fine. The fact that I was 27 and 40 years younger than any pastor that ever had was like way bigger to wrap their minds around. So, so my, my, like none of that's actually real pushback, right? It's just like funny things people say. What, yes. What's struck me um, is that the biggest obstacle I face is invisible. So the thing about being a senior pastor as a female is you discover that a lot of the reasons people come to church are actually intangible reasons that they can't, they wouldn't even say out loud. Um, what I'm realizing about a lot of the big churches and even the big church I grew up in that my dad built is that a lot of those people for reasons that they might not even be able to say out loud, wouldn't go to a church that had a female senior pastor. Mm. And sometimes it's something that they have an overt problem with it. Like, so a lot of people are fine with women associate pastors, but not women senior pastors. 
And sometimes it's because the mental image they have of a pastor is just too strong. Mm -hmm. And so the same reason that they wouldn't go to a church that had like a short overweight pastor, like if it doesn't fit the model of like the pastor they see in their head, um, you know, middle-aged, married, handful of kids, tall, like if it doesn't fit that, that picture, Hmm. they're going to choose somewhere else. And it's, and a lot of times they're not actually mentally exegeting Paul. They just have these kinds of unspoken, intangible standards that many times they haven't even unpacked themselves. Um, And those come into play a lot more than people think a lot more than people think Hmm. my, um, you know, I tried to explain this to my dad once, but the thing is like, you don't see it. Like there's no way he would have seen it because he was the image. Like he was the young pastor with two kids and a beautiful family. Like he, he did not have the experience of being a pastor. He didn't fit the mold. And so he wouldn't have seen it. And so he, he built this church and they were there for his preaching and his theology, but he has no idea how, Sorry, that's my two-year-old in the backyard who's in the background. Perfect. It's perfect. Uh, that's women in ministry right there. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. This is another thing my dad never had to do was have his <laughs> in his office with them. Um, he, like, he has no idea how many of those people would not have come if he had been the exact same pastor but female. Mm. Right? Um, and so I've actually discovered that, so this is one of the reasons that I've been a little bit more selective about my appointments. I've been offered some appointments that are the more traditional, big suburban, and I I just don't think I'm going to thrive there. I don't think it's going to be the best choice for them. I don't think it's going to be the best choice for me. I think they're going to discover how many people are secretly not comfortable with a woman in senior leadership. I think where I think what I do with that is I live into my sweet spot, which is Mm. I teach the Bible, I speak. And you know what? Um, There are a lot of people who are uncomfortable with women in leadership, but there are a whole lot of other people who've been burned on church who don't go to regular churches, who wouldn't walk into a regular church, who look at a woman in leadership and they say, well, that's not what I expected. Maybe this church is different. Mm. Um, And so there are people that I can reach that the other people can't reach. And so what, what you have to do is you just have to figure out how to make your weaknesses, your strengths, mm. right? You've got to figure out how to live in your calling so that you can use everything that is, that you've been gifted with and, and like everything about you, you have to be able to figure out how to use it as a strength and not, and not as a weakness. And part of that is positioning yourself demographically. Part of that is, is speaking to the people that you've been called to. Um, and part of that is just knowing and, and being able to recognize that if people are not listening to you, it sometimes it's not you, it's, it's them mm-hmm. and figuring out who God has called you to speak to. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that's such a good word. That's such a good word. Thank you. Yeah, this is Kelly. I, I, I love the notion that's a good reminder that no, no pastor has this um, universal reaches everybody, um, uh, you know, uh, one stop shop calling. 
And I, I think in terms of challenges um, or maybe difficulties or roadblocks, um, I've not been in the game as long as, as Casey and Meredith surely have. Um, but for me, it's kind of other people's expectations of what I might be doing. Um, you know, I've been very um, convicted about just remaining part-time for a reason because I've got a family at home and they are my, they really are my first conviction and my very first um priority. And so I feel this call in ministry, but also to be really present at home and really present in my community. And so I feel like the way that I honor that best is to be very part-time so that I can engage in other ways outside of the church. Um, but I've had many people just assume that I'm here to blaze a trail and that, um, you know, with the, the one person said to me, you know, the, um, gosh, you're going to be the Methodist church's Beth Moore. And I was like, oh, gosh, I hope not. Like, I mean, nothing against that wonderful ministry, but I don't think that that's what I'm being called to do. So really um, being honest about where you are and what you're being called to do um, and realizing, you know, I, um, I'm not limited by my life at home. I'm being very honest about where I feel like I need to be serving and how I'm tending to the priorities and the things that God has put in my life. And in doing that, I have encountered so many people I have a, um, a, a friend that, for example, is is a devout Roman Catholic and um, she loves her parish and attends um, attends and, 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 and believes in all of those things. Um, but she loves that there's that there's a perspective that allows a woman's voice sometimes to be heard. And so that's been um, that that is a place I feel like I couldn't have reached her if I if I wasn't just really willing to be honest about being part-time and being in the community and kind of trying to hold those things in balance and tension. So really just trying to ignore what other people's expectations are and, and lean in um, female or not to what God is calling you to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for sharing that. I know that's hard sometimes to even revisit some of those kind of things because uh, it's good, but I'm sure that it's hard to revisit sometimes those things that are still painful, like, you know, and um, I will say that I've never thought about this. I've thought about this some, but not as much that just in the same way that y'all probably have people and Meredith, you talked about this uh, quite a bit about the, the the intangible that people have at the at one of the churches that I was asked to go to and be a part of the congregation had been asked, who are you? What are you looking for in a pastor? And they said, we want a young dad who's like Billy Graham. And that's what I was told when I got there. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what kind of expectation is that? You know, so Kelly, same thing with Beth Moore. I'm like, what do these people have in their mind that, you know, that we are? It's just unbelievable. And so, uh, you know, that one always stuck with me. I'm like, well, I guess I better get a, give an altar call every single week and <laughs> sing just as I am 400 times or something. I don't know. Um, it was fascinating. So last question. Thank you all so much for your time here. Uh, what would you say to your younger self? Okay. You're, as, as you're about to journey into ministry, your younger self, um, and, and what would you also maybe convey to other uh, women, wherever they are, that are feeling either the nudge or the call into ministry? So I guess that's a twofold question. What would you say to your younger self? And then what would you say to, to any women that are feeling that call? a couple of, of 
of things. I think I would I would tell my younger self, and I would tell I think I might do them both together, but I would tell anyone who's feeling that call, especially a woman, to to play into to really embrace the roles and the season God gives you. God gives you. I think as women, we have many seasons in our lives um, that are kind of different than men. You know, like um, once you if you're married. Like even, even when I was looking into ordination, I didn't even consider being an elder because I did not want my husband, whoever that was going to be, to have to follow me around. And when I was moved to a church, they had to move to. I had no idea I was going to marry somebody else full-time in ministry. That's a whole nother podcast. But um, on that, I, I feel like um, I think we as women, we face a lot more challenges and, and even just are joking with Meredith about having her two-year-old there. Um, I think if you were, I would tell women to have a lot of grace for yourself um, and be okay with those seasons. Uh, you know, there is, there's a season I worked part-time for about uh, seven, seven years, six years that I worked part-time when our children were, were really small um, and, uh, and did part-time ministry and part-time being a full-time being a mom. Um, but that was my choice. I have other friends. Meredith works full time and has all those little ones. I mean, I think everybody's different in how they balance and how they can balance. And I think that you also have to know that you can't compare yourself to somebody in ministry who doesn't have children or even a male, a man in ministry who has children. You can't compare and say, oh, I don't work enough hours or, oh, I have to leave at this time because of this we do have different responsibilities. It's different. Our, the expectations of us as women are with children is just different. And it is okay to give yourself grace and you have to find those boundaries. So they're balancing being a good mom, being a good wife and, and being, being a person called to ministry who's trying to fulfill your calling at the same time. Um, I think God gives grace for that. And I think you as a female need to give yourself grace for that within the seasons of, of, different ministries and different things that you're doing. Um, I'm on the back end of little kids and I'm watching Meredith now and, um, and she's doing a great job with it, but it's hard, very, very hard. And I see that. Um, I think the other thing, uh, what was the other thing? I had one other thing, but I don't remember what it is, but you said, give yourself grace. So we'll balance, give yourself grace and <laughs> Go with the seasons. I think that's the biggest thing. Go with the season and live into whatever God calls you to, to live into. When I got a call, I thought I'd be a youth minister. Before I left college, I had a passion for college ministry. I left seminary with a passion for college ministry. I ended up going back into youth ministry. And then I ended up being a pastoral counselor for six years. And now I am the director of programming discipleship. Be willing to flow into what God has for you the next time. Nothing is set in stone. I mean, I think for some of you, like a Meredith, who's a senior pastor, that's set in stone. But I think for some of us who are called into ministry, something Kelly said, you know, when the pastor asked her if she's ready to go into ministry, and she's like, I've been doing that all morning. What are you talking about? Um, ministry as a female can be so many different varieties of things that you're doing. It is not just that pigeonhole to being a senior pastor. Figure out where you're called, figure out where you're gifted and figure out where God is placing you and then just live into it and be open to see what God, what else God can do. Um, I've found that for me, that's been the best thing and I've loved every season. But if you had told me when I was 20 something that I was going to be doing pastoral counseling at one point, I would have said you're crazy. And if you told me when I was even doing pastoral counseling that I was going to be working with adults, I would have really thought you were crazy. And so it's just um, 
seasons of life. For sure. Okay. That was helpful advice, Casey. I appreciate it. <laughs> Casey puts up my whole job puts up with a lot. Um so my my advice is find the center point of your call and then just stand in it. So the thing is we can have biblical arguments and we should have biblical arguments about all kinds of things. And there are lots of people who do not believe that a faithful response to Jesus involves women in leadership. And I, I have respect for those people and I can be friends with those people and arguing to, I can have the argument. I've, I've rarely seen people change their minds about an argument, but when people see the Holy spirit move, that's when hearts get changed. Mm. And the Holy spirit moves by people who stand in their calling and just, and just do it and are faithful. Um, the standing in the center of your calling will mean that you are going to be good at what you're doing. It means that you're not going to be operating outside your gifting. You're not going to be um, trying to do things that, that you're not actually called to do. Um, when you stand in the center of your calling, people look at you and they say, Oh, maybe the Holy Spirit is showing up. And if the Holy Spirit, I mean, this is the whole book of Acts, right? If the Holy Spirit shows up, maybe we had this wrong to begin with. Um, and maybe God did pour out his spirit on your sons and your daughters so that they can prophesy. Right. And it's, and it's, there, there's, there's no amount of argumentation that's going to get people there. It's, yeah. it's witness and it's experience. And it's saying that and even if, um, even if their response is, well, God didn't call other women, but boy, God called you like baby steps, right? <laughs> like, we're taking baby steps because at least it means that they were, they did recognize the Holy Spirit when it showed up. Good stuff. Thank you. And Kelly? I would, I would just say um, it, it never hurts to, it never hurts to humble yourself. It never hurts to humble yourself to the, to the, to, to your call, to the word of God, um, to, to commit to prayer, what feels confusing or what feels, um, like it's not clear or, um, what, what, what gives you doubt. Um, and then when you have an affirmation to stand on that affirmation, there has been so many times when I have just had an audible doubt and then I have just heard the answer. I just heard it. And so, um, there are so many distractions and, and like, as Casey mentioned, when you're balancing lots of different things as, um, as a mom or a wife, or, um, I mean, I, I, I work two different jobs. I mean, just in all of those things, you really have to, to trust, um, the voice that you hear from God when you hear it and, and, and just keep moving forward really on those things. Um, so that's what I'd say. Great. Hey, well, I want to thank you all for giving your time today. Thank you so much. And Meredith, um, gosh, mom and podcast all at the same time. Fantastic job there. But hey, thank you all for joining us. And thanks for joining us, our listeners on the podcast uh, for Foundry. And hope you'll have a wonderful and blessed day. Thanks so much.